Welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast, where we'll talk about movies, TV shows that we've uh, watched and books that we've read. Today, we'll be talking about Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Uh, I am Derek. I'm Kevin. All right. Well, let's get into it. Thank you for joining in and coming back for, uh, I guess, the third overall podcast. Um, hopefully, we won't, you know, we'll have a ton more coming at you. It's kind of crazy to feel like you know we're starting we're continuing <laughs> and uh hopefully we're consistent it's a thing it's, it's a work in progress it's a thing it's a journey yeah so um we didn't want to just talk about movies and tv shows right we also really want to talk about books that we've written um it's all going to be different you know it's not going to be like just financial books it just so happens that we've read rich dad poor dad fairly recently and you know it's a it's a book that we want to talk on so um, yeah, so to get into it, right, if you don't know, the author, Robert Kiyosaki, hopefully I'm saying that right. I'm so sorry if I'm saying it wrong. Um, he's a millionaire with a net worth of about $80 million in assets, uh, is an entrepreneur, motivational speaker, um, a lot to learn from him, right? Um, I'll save my opinions of him for a little bit later, but... In this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I believe is his inaugural um, bestseller, right? The first one that he um, published that really put, uh, stamped his name in, in this space, in the financial and business space. This one, he talks about his rich dad and poor dad, not in the same sense that, um, you know, it, they're in a relationship, but it's more so that he had a father uh, who, we, who is his actual father, uh, who he calls his poor dad, and poor dad isn't poor because you know he's not educated. No, both of these dads are actually really highly educated. Um, they just went different paths in their financial literacy. Um, rich dad, sorry, let me go back to you. And uh, poor dad went to college, uh, had a high-paying job at a good company. Um, you know, followed a lot of traditional values that, you know, both Kevin and I grew up with actually. So it resonated with us a lot, um, but still ended up poor, right? He died with a ton of debt. So there's a lot of learnings there. Um, rich dad is a friend's dad who uh, took him and Robert underneath his wing to teach him how to be entrepreneurs, how to uh, push for financial education and focus on that if your end goal is to be rich, right? Rich dad did not go to college, um, however, was still highly intelligent, went on his own path to create um, a vast amount of wealth and actually became one of the wealthiest men in Hawaii, which they, is where they all grew up. Yeah, a lot to take in there. Um, but uh, here we'll just talk about the main points, you know, we'll kind of discuss certain things that we agree with uh, that we learn from and maybe some things we don't agree with first off the bat i want to talk about robert right so he as i mentioned grew up in hawaii um has uh if you ever see him uh he is very eccentric in what he wears and i love that he seems like a really cool guy to to kind of hang around but he also gives me you know like the rich guy i kind of know a lot more than you vibes which is not inherently a bad thing i don't want you guys to think that i'm I'm ragging on him for that um he has a very strong view on finances and i wanted to see what your take was on robert my take my take on robert he's a dude i don't really have <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I don't really have much <laughs> opinion on like uh, what he looks like and all that. It's, um, I guess like I've read some articles with mm-hmm. opinions, uh, yeah, making assumptions about what type of person Kiyosaki is, and right. I'm like, uh, cool, maybe I guess I don't know the guy. It's just. I can see why they would think the way they do. Mm-hmm. Him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. is he an entrepreneur or is he just trying to sell an idea and then, you know, make mm-hmm. money off of it or both? You know, like, I don't think it really matters overall as long as, like, the book kind of protects you in a positive way. And mm-hmm. I've read this book, like, 10 years ago. It was, like, one mm-hmm. the first books I, like, read. Mm-hmm. I didn't even remember much. The only thing I remembered was <laughs> assets and liabilities, and yeah, and like yeah, the the idea when I was younger is that I was struggling with breaking from the mold of traditional thinking. So yeah, was a takeaway from reading this book from ten years ago. It mm-hmm. was me opening the door to consuming more um, information. So that yes. led me to read more bo- uh, books surrounding finance or um, any kind of personal growth. But I also yeah. read it so that I can um, see what else I can take from it. And it's a weird experience to read it over 10 years later. <laughs> There's yeah. Of it where and- I just skipped over because I was like... Oh, uh, I don't already do this. <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of important to actually where we are now, right? Um, I read it fairly recently just because uh, I had the motivation to, you know. Uh, I myself, um, I'm, I have a full-time job as an IT, you know, a professional in a, in a startup company. And so um, this book kind of opened my eyes to being able to view money and how to make money in a different mindset. And that's what I was truly focused on. So whatever your opinions are, uh, Robert, um, I think there's a lot to learn from this, right? Again, whether we agree or disagree, um, but let's kind of get into it. So the first one that he truly, uh, the first concept of the book he really drills at you um, is the difference between an asset and a liability, right? So an asset is something that creates cash flow. Uh, that puts money into your pocket, right? Thinking like stocks, business, income generating properties. Those are kind of the the main ones that everyone thought, thinks about. A liability is an expense or something you have to spend money on, right? Uh, discounting like car, uh, yeah, rent, you know, things like that. That that counts. Having a car, a house. He heavily um, and you know suggests that that's a liability for most poor people. Um, fancy clothes, right? That's a, that's a big one stuff that makes us feel better. Um, we'll get into that a little bit better, or a little bit more too. So, um, this got me thinking a lot, right. About what I spend on, uh, recently and, and how to generate money instead of just spend money. Um, hence why we started a podcast and on the side too, you know, I'll mention it is that I wanted to do a web design business, right? I have that up and going uh, as well now too. And it's picking up clients um, slowly, but surely. <laughs> and so I wanted to create assets. And I want to start doing stuff that I have control over. Um, and we'll dive into another concept that kind of 
um, deals with this as well is minding your own business in the in the truest sense, meaning do something that you have control over, right? You go to your nine to five job or whatever, let's say, you know, for a large company, you get a paycheck. That paycheck obviously goes to any asset or any liabilities that you have, right? Like you got rent. Everyone's got rent. Most people have a car, you know, to, to pay stuff on. Food is another expense. Um, so yeah, you know, that's all it is. Like you have a fixed amount of income when you get a job and then you spend it. All right. Like the most, most of us spend probably like 60 to 70% of our uh, paychecks to liabilities. And that's if we're lucky, right? Other people are paycheck to paycheck where all of it goes to, you know, all those expenses. Yeah. Your thoughts on uh, assets, liabilities, minding your own business. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting take. Cause then I think in the book, it mentions how majority of, middle-class families or lower view houses as an asset but it's actually a liability Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. how much money you have to spend just for like maintenance and all that jazz which is a strange concept to perceive like 10 years ago because then 10 years ago i was younger and the idea of like oh yeah i guess that that's the route you know like you go to a job you get a good a good mm-hmm. job you save up money yeah. you buy a house get married and all that stuff yeah it can drive you into a mm-hmm. deficit of money <laughs> mm-hmm. because uh it's what he calls uh what is it? he calls it the uh, the rat trap by the way the, okay the oh. rat trap yeah and mm-hmm. it's it is kind of an interesting thing to to bring up because it's our perception or misinterpretation of like financial literacy or mm-hmm. whatever that mm-hmm. can make us crumble rather than succeed. So yep. just the distinction between asset and liability is helpful for anybody that's struggling or mm-hmm. is looking for more insight. Yeah, absolutely. And here's where, uh, understanding assets and liabilities do play a really big factor in your life, right? Um, something to note about this book, uh, it was written a, a couple decades ago, right? Um, when Robert was a little bit younger or something like that. Um, so some of the concepts to me, right, uh, personally are slightly outdated. Uh, I will say that. However, the overall concepts, I think, do apply to everyone here. So um, having an asset is something that changed my mind. So I just bought a house about two years ago, you know, during the pandemic. And uh, I can see where it is a liability just because there's so much you have to do to maintain and stuff. And you have to go in and, um, you know, obviously pay the mortgage. If you can't pay mortgage, you lose this uh, asset, you know, what could be an asset when you sell it. Um, and it turns into a huge liability, right? Like I'm hundreds of thousands of dollars technically in debt because I have a mortgage. And so um, it's truly something to think about because how we view money, right, is so important where um, we want to have a lot of it, you know, so that it uh, feeds our life. And uh, this is going to the second point of, of having the right attitude or, or mindset, Um to know the difference between an asset and a liability, right? Assets you continue to have, you reinvest it, it continues to grow. Sooner or later, your asset and the income that generates 
um, will uh, overcome the expenses and then you start accumulating your wealth. Um, having the mindset though is literally having, or having this kind of mindset is having money work for you versus working for money, right? And again, you and I were raised to work for money, right? Get a good job or get a good education, get a good job. Uh, if it's high paying, guess what? They'll pay for your, all your benefits too, right? We can include that in um, working for money. Um, and then retiring at 65 and then dying after that. Uh, there's also a concept in here that, again, Rich Dad, Poor Dad does, right? Uh, to, to give an example, a, a, a concrete example. Poor dad, again, went to get a high education, uh, got a high paying job uh, with the mindset that uh, he's not rich because he has kids, right? That's why he accrued a lot of liabilities is because he spent money to take care of the family, right? Versus rich dad who's, whose idea, ideals were to have money work for you um, and that he must be rich because he has kids, right? I have to have a lot of assets so that it continues to generate money so I can take care of you, right? Um, that is so important. Like, uh, it, actually, it, it's an important example for me personally to, to kind of get out of that mindset of like, oh, wait, that's right. Like, I'm going to continue to work for money, continue to work for a paycheck under someone else to live a safe and comfortable life, right? Um, this, today is January 28th, 2023. This last two weeks, literally hundreds of thousands of people have been laid off from their work, right? Yeah. Working for a paycheck, that's brutal. We're just a number to them anyway. So like, that's why it's so interesting to read this book now uh, and have the economic situation be the way it is. So the working for money versus having money work for you concept is mind boggling because working for money mm -hmm. means you will literally like, I don't even know. We kind of did the math a little bit a while ago, but even if we had a million dollars right now, it's kind of hard to retire. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And the, even with a million dollars, like majority of people will not even reach a million dollars. From, mm -hmm. from their like day job, which is an insane concept to think, think about. Right. And majority of people will be stuck at a single job until they retire, which is mm -hmm. changing mainly for millennials and Gen Z and onward because of social media. And like, there's a lot of realization of career switching because no one wants to freaking stay at a job for like 60 years or whatever, you know, unless yeah. you truly, truly love that career and right. that's the path that you chose. That's more mm -hmm. of a rare case than most because at 18 in high school, there's this pressure to know what you want right away. But like at 18, yeah. how do you, how do you even know? what you want when you don't get to shadow these people and work at that job mm -hmm. first. They're like mm -hmm. at 18, there's, there's barely any responsibility. There's barely any like payments and like all that financial stuff. Like you, there's literally so much we don't know before making a big decision. Like, Oh, I'm going to be an engineer for the rest of my life, or I'm going to be 
uh, a doctor or all that or work IT, you know, <laughs> like there's no way you're you want to mm -hmm. work IT until you're 65, you know, <laughs> and like yeah. no judgment to those that do do that. It's just like mm -hmm. I think as humans, we we are destined for more. And I think mm -hmm. not listening to that feeling within us, that's like, man, I'm bored with this job, not listening to that mm -hmm. and, and swerving because um, yeah. we're scared of being stuck or scared of um, not even making making a change, like not being scared yeah. enough to do something different is scary to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also boring. Let's be honest, right? Like, uh, maybe that's the millennial in us talking because uh, our parents are great examples of the antiquated ideas that, um, you know, you stay at a job the whole time, even if you hate it, right? Even if like you have a terrible boss, you just stick with it so that you continue to get a paycheck, you continue to get benefits. And if you have kids, you continue to provide for your family, right? Um, that was tough to see because, you know, if you guys have parents like, my dad, uh, for example, right? He owned and managed a liquor store and still helps out at the liquor store now uh, since I was born. So it's about 27, 28 years now. Yeah. Um, and he's worked you know, anywhere from 50 to 80 hour weeks. That's brutal, right? Like, and that's all again, to make good money. Sure. Um, and he, you know, in this case, he minded his own business. He had his own business. You know, that's super cool. And, you know, he didn't have to uh, follow anyone. But he still, you know, overworks himself so often and doesn't recognize it. You know, um, he's the epitome of saving your money and avoid risk, which is another, you know, mindset that uh, Robert Kiyosaki talks about. Um, my dad is poor dad, you know, in the, in the sense where you know, he technically got a good job and he's just saving money and he's avoiding risk. Um, every so often he, he will dabble in something, you know, or other, but, uh, he, he's always said to stay away from the stock market. Right. Um, even finding my own business. And when I mentioned that I wanted to do my own thing, he's like, no, no, you probably shouldn't because it's so hard. It's a lot of work, you know? Um, and again, you know, the idea of spending money to make money, he understands, right. To, to have a house to him is an asset because, most of the time when you buy a house, you sell the house and you sell the house, you make money. Um, yeah. So he grew up, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying he's in debt either. He's a very capable and smart man and with his finances, you know, um, but I don't see him being rich dad. Right. Um, he has that mindset of just like, again, work for money. Shame, by the way, like yeah. he's stuck in that, uh, 100%. because no, nobody, especially nowadays nobody wants mm -hmm. to work 50 to 80 hour weeks just to make a living unless yeah. it is a passion project and like those mm -hmm. 50 to 80 hours per week is much different it's like mm -hmm. it's like you have newfound energy trying to like inject into your project which is different mm -hmm. and in that case it's like 50 to 80 hour weeks just to mm -hmm. make that paycheck to Sure, you'll have extra money, but that money, it's going to be spent mm -hmm. on like a big expense, like a car. Yeah, or, a liability. Yeah. yeah. A car, yeah. Uh, education if you're saving for kids or something like that. Mm -hmm. And even if you are saving for kids, like the money 
in the next 20 years when your kids go to college or something like that it's gonna cost so dang much like yeah it's insane mm -hmm. yeah and this gets into another point right a third main point in the book really is that poor people react off of fear and greed it's a very natural human response it's something that's very difficult to break especially if you were raised in that kind of environment right um again robert kurosaki he uh had the kind of you know life that we had where you know his dad was um he feared losing his job because that means he won't make money right and to pay for his kids of course he wanted to get promoted and stuff like that um that is something that rich dad uh talked about a lot of uh, what holds people back from like you mentioned their truest potential right there's also this concept that if you understand how the financial system works in general right um you can definitely take advantage of it right so two examples that uh, i want to bring up is the fact that there's a money printer right let's be honest like the the us right now is hundreds and hundreds you know a few trillion dollars in debt right like that is so crazy to think about a trillion dollars like in the palm of your hand like is just an unfathomable about for most people it would actually um, just fill up your house and then some like all yeah all the houses maybe a few houses in, in <laughs> just the whole neighborhood <laughs> the whole neighborhood and it, and there's money still being printed you know, like just because you lose a dollar doesn't mean you can't get it back. The the concept there is also uh, you can apply to yourself, which is if you lose money, you can get it back, right? If you're willing to work hard, if you know where to look and do certain things, you're going to get that money. Back. It's also That's something. A, I'll, it's also an an abundance mindset too. Like you don't. Yes. I think abundance talking mindset. about fear. <laughs> talking about fear right now it's like we're we're afraid of having or losing money because we mm -hmm. are afraid that we'll we won't earn another penny or something like that but like yeah. the human capacity is or human capacity and human capital is just phenomenal because mm -hmm. like nowadays there's just so much so many different ways to make money yes. that exactly you know, it's you can definitely for sure make a dollar back <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's asking the right questions too right like we mentioned like you know i'm not rich because i have kids or i must be rich because i have kids right now it's a question of like oh uh do i fear money because i fear being broke right you have to ask yourself are you afraid of being broke or uh are you just not sure how you can be essentially rich right and the other thing i want to um kind of point out is that there's a difference between rich and wealth, um, right? Being rich is a, a finite, uh, it's very finite and you can count it. It's literally how many dollars or whatever you have, you know, um, wealth in, in other cases is just more of a quality, right? Are you wealthy in knowledge? Do you know like what to do if, you know, you're in a tough situation, stuff like that. And I, think we strive for wealth and knowledge in, you know, the finance space, you know, how do we become financially educated? How do we understand how everything works so that we can take advantage of it? Right. Uh, yeah, the second example. Uh, to add to that before you move on is it's that mm -hmm. like our knowledge is so powerful because we don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. Like it's, if you make exactly. decisions like that, then 
of course you're gonna go into debt and it's not it's like your fault but it's not your fault either it's your fault because you did make those actions but it's also your fault that you um or it's not your fault because you didn't know how to handle that situation which is different Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. we which is still fear because you don't know what you don't know yeah, yeah and we live in a society now where we have access it's a lot easier to access information you know like back then mm-hmm. um social media wasn't as prominent and the sharing of like just financial education wasn't as yeah. um easily mm-hmm. obtained it was through books mm-hmm. rather than podcasts or youtube podcasts or Mm-hmm. Um, even those like tidbits on TikTok or IG, you know, it's it's just crazy now. It's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the main thing too is that it's not taught in school, right? This is something that Robert touches on a lot, which I hundred percent agree with. Like schools don't teach you to be an individual, to be an entrepreneur, to be um, always creatively thinking of ways to you know get out of certain situations, wherever they limit you to be uh essentially an individual contributor right to society where you're just like hey become a drone become a person you know another uh, a cog in the machine yeah like don't ask questions just do right yeah um this is where again we're seeing a lot of that break out now with you know social media things are getting a lot more um accessible uh but the one the other example that i wanted to point out because I'm starting to understand this a lot more is the fact that people are so angry that they're rich. Right? Uh, this is the fear that again, they're not Sorry, that uh, again. paying cut out a little bit. Oh, okay. It's, uh, uh, what is it? The fear, sorry. It is talking about how people are angry at the fact that rich people do not pay taxes. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And when we're talking about the power of money and, you know, uh, this money printer, right, this money machine, um, it's because the rich know that and they take advantage of it. And the rules are made for people who take advantage of it. That, that's as simply as that, you know, like whether it's fair or not is a moral question, you know, like and I understand that, like I'm on that 100 percent. It's just are you now just going to complain about it or are you just going to take advantage of it as well and perhaps, you know, be the change? once you're inside right that's essentially how things work for sure yeah it's like you have you can be a person that can take advantage of resources Mm -hmm. or you can be a person that is the resource like someone's going to be taking advantage of you and that is going to be businesses like well yeah amazon and walmart like all these stores all these corporations microsoft google whatever like they're I mean, it's impressive for them to be where they are, and it's really cool, and it can be mm-hmm. a commodity to us as daily users or daily consumers. But as a worker bee working for them, yeah. like just look at all the articles of all these workers being taken advantage of. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're not happy, and finding happiness is a weird concept <laughs> to even think about. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, how do we be happy and Mm-hmm. I, I just think that being a worker bee, it might be a contributor to holding people back from reaching fulfillment and um, mm-hmm. their truest potential as a human being. Yeah, 
And this kind of leads into, you know, greed, right? So we talked about fear. There's also the concept of greed of money. And I think this swings both ways that uh, uh, Kiyosaki doesn't um, address. And I want to put that out there, right? Like we see greed on both sides where, you know, poor people um, strive for higher paying jobs or whatever it is so that they can make more. And then again, buy a certain lifestyle that they in their mind have while the rich people will continue to take advantage of it. And again, right. I think you and I can agree. Like we do not need billionaires in the world. Like they don't do anything after a certain amount. Right. I think I was reading an article back in the day where like after, you know, X amount of millions of dollars, I think it's now like, all you're doing is hoarding. Yeah. I think it's like, um, 20 to 60 million or something like that. Yeah. Like, like no one needs that much really. And even on, even in this day and age where inflation is a real thing, I understand like you don't need more than $50 million, right? That's greed afterward. Now you're just trying to be, uh, what is it, right? Like all it is is just a title thing. Like I want to be a billionaire. I, I want to, you know, have more billions of dollars than X person. I want to be the first trillionaire, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like using Mr. Beast as an example is this. And again, I respect this. I follow him, I watch him, I appreciate and respect his mindset and tenacity. But the fact that he wants to be the first uh, trillion dollar, or, you know, uh, no, first YouTube billionaire. billionaire. Yeah. YouTube billionaire is a, a good goal to have, but kind of unnecessary. And I understand he wants to do it in assets and he has like a lot of philanthropic uh, endeavors. So he's not essentially money hungry, he's more fame hungry. Um, that's a different angry, but again, being a billionaire is unnecessary. <laughs> it's a title. Well, I think that like uh, part of it is envy too. You know, like we, mm-hmm. in a way, we want what we don't have. It's like, well, if someone gave me the option to be a billionaire, would I actually turn it down? Like, no. I no. think I would say, no. yeah, give me that billion. You know, because immediately mm-hmm. it would solve a lot of problems or create mm-hmm. more problems but like it's it's a world yeah. that we don't understand and like sometimes we do need someone that can push the capacity of the human mm-hmm. potential so like if someone reaches a billion, right. like or billionaire status like elon and whatever is but they're also innovating so like they're creating new things for us consumers and mm-hmm. it's good and bad you know like do we right. need more of them i don't know but we do need mm-hmm. more people that can inspire and create Mm -hmm. and knowing and understanding financial um well having financial literacy can help people do that yeah you know like i know that not everyone's like that right the only things that we see in the news are the people technically on the extreme side of the spectrum um and so like i you know like just to kind of go off topic a little bit i kind of miss the stories, right? Because it kind of was out of our generation, but hearing the stories of uh, rich people, um, like uh, technically Teddy Roosevelt, right? Who did a ton of, he was rich, right? Being president. <laughs> he also did a ton for nature, parks, right? Um, uh, Henry Ford, right? To show off his wealth, he created libraries and other stuff and that the people, can and use and stuff and remember his name that way i thought that's a lot better and i don't know why that kind of ideal has left 
or maybe it's just evolved into again what we see Elon Musk who you know uh, popularized the electrical vehicle right um, and broke that barrier there like I'm sure it's evolved um, but I would love to see more of you know rich people millionaires billionaires um, yeah. make a what name you want is that you want them to give back with the amount of yeah. that they have to the people yeah. and yeah it's <laughs> you do funding it. right like it doesn't have to be just like a thousand dollars to you a thousand dollars to you it's like here's this resource that's for everyone and again maybe we just don't hear about it enough um i don't know i just think it's a, a missed thing and they can also like help cities build up and stuff and but that's all different thing. that's like politics and stuff uh <laughs> but greed you know different essentially what we're getting at um it's thinking with so they're the reason why they also continue to generate wealth and uh be rich right is learning to use your emotions to think rather than think with your emotions right when we think with our emotions it tends to be when we're in moments of stress uh like again the fear of not having enough money leads to us to think with fear that we have to start getting a job you know like any job out there what it pays 15 dollars an hour who cares i need it because i have rent coming up right um versus you know using those emotions to think where it's like okay i don't have money i need to pay for this how can i do it and also think of the longevity of it right how can i do it and not put myself in the same situation that's the the question right there that a lot of people i think tend to miss is like how do I get myself out of this? How do I, instead of putting a bandaid on it, how do I actually, you know, fix it up? Right? How do I come back from this? And it's asking like a question that's um, easily asked, like, should I just get another job? Right. That's a super easy uh, question to answer um, versus saying, what am I missing? How can I break down my current income barrier? Right. That's such a harder question to respond to. Yeah. On that line, I, I, be, I think upon rereading it, I think he mentioned something around uh, saying that if you ask yourself, how can I afford it versus mm-hmm. um, I can't afford it, like mm-hmm. one, how can I afford it? How can I afford it creates more opportunities in your brain because it's right. like, oh, okay, maybe I do this. I uh, mm-hmm. do this side hustle so that I can make money for that. Versus I don't have much or I can't afford it. So like now mm-hmm. you're holding on to this lack of abundance where it's like, all right, cool. After I receive mm-hmm. my paycheck, this is all I have. I got to do, I got to yeah. do this right. I got to save or, you know, you feel limited in that way versus mm-hmm. creating opportunities for you to overcome versus yeah. turtling. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. So uh, that's a really good point. You know, it's just, all about mindset in this aspect and something to dive into a little bit um, that he doesn't really touch on in this, but because it's modern day right now, uh, people are uh, pursuing this idea of passive income, you know? Um, It may exist after some work, but to me, I don't believe there is such thing as passive income because even if you... um, you know, let's say start up a podcast and, you know, you have episodes in your library, uh, you still have to continue to market yourself and then hopefully draw people back to those episodes, right. To generate those things. Right. Um, well, we'll see. I don't, and he, <laughs> uh, hint, hint, 
Um, we'll see. <laughs> he also talks about the fact that he, and he, he said this in a lot of the interviews, uh, it's not in the book necessarily, but he actually doesn't invest in a lot of stocks. Um, whether that's true or not, I don't believe. But if he does say that, uh, he mentions that he doesn't do it because he has no control over that, right? If you put $100 in a certain stock, it go up and down. Uh, I can get that, but I'm sure he uses money in stocks somehow. Um, I think that's a really good way for people to get into it nowadays. You know, like people say the market isn't what it used to be. Anyone can get into it. Anyone can make money off of it. And like, I think that's something to consider is that again, Robert has certain ideals about money and that he wants to control every aspect of his money. That's good. You know, like if you're that type of person, go for it. You know, like if you don't want to put your money in assets, like a stock where it just goes up and down, there's mutual funds, bonds, right. That you can see uh, a steady increase over time. Uh, I just want to put that out there as like, you know, although he says this stuff, I don't know if he truly does certain aspects of it. Um, yeah. You're but for us, you can do it. Is he, a guy that can walk the walk with the talk, yeah. you know, like yeah. maybe he's just talking. We don't yeah. really know, you know, it's just whatever. Mm-hmm. There's some takeaways from this book and yeah, was, that's was, what's there, important. was there more stuff that you needed, you wanted to add? No, I want to touch on those three points and then, you know, give final thoughts and then probably close it out soon. But, uh, it's pretty much it. Cool. Um, did you like the book? <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, okay. Anything that I can learn from um, or that's able to shift my mind in a positive direction, uh, I like. So I do like the book. Sweet. Yeah, like I I liked the book when I first read it the first time like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I did not like the book the second time reading so that we can do this podcast. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> it was because I was like, yeah, uh, I felt I feel like I already know stuff, but yeah, okay. overall, I did enjoy the read over again. Mm-hmm. Um, I skipped some stuff because it was just like blah. <laughs> um, but it was just like a nice reminder to certain things, yeah. Um, like, oh, I think I missed that the first time, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, he has a good tone in the book, actually, it makes it very easy to read. Uh, there's not a lot of like difficult concepts or words that you have to like stop what you're reading, go look it up. You know, he does a good job breaking down those concepts and, and words. Uh, funny thing. I don't know if your copy has this, but, uh, there's like a, there's a few misspellings and stuff, which is kind of funny to me. Like I'm sure it tends to happen, but I got a few of those. get like a, an advanced coffee copy. <laughs> so, I don't so. know. Like, I don't think so. I mean, I haven't read, I, I just read the book, you know, so like, <laughs> Yeah, should how be good. Ago, how long ago was it when you read? Um, wait, wow. How do I phrase this? When's the last time you read a book, excluding this one? Uh, I read The Art of Self-Reliance um, and finished it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Two years ago. I will admit that. Like two or three years ago, I, I finished My it. My goodness. Or it's called Reliance. Something like that. Must not we'll talk have about been it. a good book. Just, just kidding. Um, all right. Any final thoughts? Uh, no. If uh, you, you have anything, we said. What we said. No. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, folks. I didn't have it. 
Well, the, the main thing is that we're just here to learn. And like we read this yes. book out of curiosity and recommendations. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're going to be continuing later on. So I think yeah, we're still trying to figure out our process, but we're going to try to do like a small read on like a weekly or maybe bi-weekly basis, like a 200 or less than 300 page book. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk yeah. about it. And it won't always be like a finance book. It could uh, it could be fantasy. Yes. It could be young mm -hmm. adult or whatever. We're open to mm -hmm. it. Um, but we'll also have a longer, um, longer form type of reading process. We yeah. might pick up like a series like Harry Potter, yeah. which we've both never read, but are curious yep. to read. And we yeah. might do that. So if you guys stick around, we will be here to talk about maybe it'll be a book that you've read before and you can join yeah. in on us for the well i was gonna say conversation <laughs> but they're not here <laughs> <laughs> well can, that's okay uh, you can be you know, yeah. part of the conversation yeah and that's pretty much it for the episode folks again um let us know what you think other than that thank you for joining us as we discuss and discuss the rich dad poor dad um book by Robert Kiyosaki, Kiyosaki. I've been Derek. I've been Kevin. Follow All us right. more content coming at you soon. Bye. Bye.